You're listening to episode 464 of the 360 Vegas Podcast. Check out the blog at 360vegaspodcast.com or send us an email at 360vegaspodcast at gmail.com. Get early and sometimes exclusive access to all things 360 Vegas, including 27 episodes of Vintage Vegas, 43 Andy Up, and 81 Vegas Cocktails, and lots more with a $7 per month subscription to Patreon. That's patreon.com slash 360vegas. Day after tomorrow, gentlemen, we'll be in Las Vegas. Welcome to Vegas. Las Vegas functions on a -a 24-hour-a-day schedule. The pools, the casino. Big volcano out in front. That's the Eiffel Tower. Bellagio. Riviera. The Mirage. Flamingo. Sahara. The MGM Grand. This isn't the real Caesars Palace, is it? Want to gamble? They always put the machines that pay off the most right in the front. Good luck. The Strip is just the most amazing stretch of road, I think, probably anywhere in the world. Kicking ass in Vegas. Vegas, baby. Vegas, baby. Welcome to Las Vegas. So do you got any special plans for the holidays? I'm headed up north to my parents' house, um, which is always nice because then we don't have to host and cook <laughs> and all that stuff. How, How about north you is it? Um, it's about an hour and a half. Oh, north. Okay. It's uh, right. kind of on the eastern Sierras. So. Oh, that's not bad at all. Yeah. No. Yeah, we're, we're doing another Friendsgiving this year. Uh, not, nice. not quite as big as last year's, but we do have some friends coming into town, so... Uh, Dear friend Christina has agreed, volunteered to host again, which means while she's at work, I go over and raid her kitchen and start cooking. <laughs> so when she gets home, everything's ready to go. So, um, yeah, wow. it's going to be I need more fun. friends like you guys. Right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, her, her kitchen's fun to cook in. It's huge. Although, yeah, I don't think she'll mind me say, sharing this. Um, we, I met up with her, you know, and her hubby last night, and we're sort of planning what's going on and, and you know, who's going to do what and everything. And she says, well, you know, my ovens went out. She has, like, the double ovens. And they both went out. And I'm like, okay, um, are you getting those replaced before Thanksgiving? (laughs) And she, (laughs) first, you know, her husband was like, let's just wait till after the holidays and there'll be some, you know, sales. And she's like, oh, no, I have to bake cookies. Like, she's, she's, like, baking cookies with her is an event, so... Yeah, um, they, it was supposed to be the new ovens were supposed to be delivered today. So actually, I should probably follow up with them and make sure that that, that actually happened. Otherwise, what are you going to do? What are you going to call in a favor? No, we're, <laughs> we'll we'll do all the cooking here and then take uh, it over there. Oh, yeah, I, I have a backup plan. Right. I'm not going to let everybody down. Strategy, I like mm-hmm. it. Either that or we just I've have everybody a- come over here. I don't, I don't know. One of the two. Yeah. But I've done a turkey on the barbecue before, but I don't think that, you know, like other things like the stuffing and stuff. Yeah. You could do on the grill. No, I, I, it, I need I need an oven for, for most of this. So, but we'll, we'll figure it out. It'll all be good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you're around friends, it's always a good time. So. Oh, yeah. And we should say, speaking of being around friends, thank you again, Josh, for, for stepping in. Tony obviously is uh, taking some time off uh, to hang out with his family. And you were kind enough to call an audible and jump in and because we, we got some fun stuff to talk about this week yeah so. yeah we do yeah we do <laughs> all right well i think we should start the show then he's mark she's karen i'm josh and as always we start with random vegas 
Surprising no one, the sports book at multiple properties reported record-breaking action on F1 betting. I would imagine any betting on F1 would be record-breaking for them. <laughs> and I think that's just within the Vegas sports books. I don't think that's, you know, overall there was record high betting. I just think it's really yeah, it never was something. Yeah, it very specifically for F1. Yeah, the, the really, right. the Vegas books haven't, I'm sure they've had odds on it, but people were just kind of like, eh. And then with the number of people that came into town that were F1 fans, and then even, you know, some of the other folks going, eh, sure, let's place a bet and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Right, top of mind because it's right there in front of you. Exactly. So. All right, Mark, tell us about the twit pick of the week. I know it looks like every F1 track, but damn, it looked cool in Vegas. Whatever you think of F1 and or its impact on the city, you can't argue they know how to illuminate a track. That was captured magnificently on ESPN by a helicopter, then shared by a screenshot by Atmelt's Vegas. Many records have been reported as a result of the often trolled event, but... Uh, it was the spectacle promised, and as usual, the sphere impressed. <laughs> Here's the hoping the wish list of things to improve actually get addressed. Foreshadowing is what they call that. Case. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Josh. Yeah, it's, it's. I'll say first of all, it's a cool picture. I liked all the shots from above that, where you, the the track just completely stood out, this glowing line. Yeah. Yeah. Um, very, very cool. One of the things that I liked that I was not expecting with the whole F1 thing was actually the sound. Um, I've, a few people posted videos of just, you know, staring straight at the track and you can't even, you can't see the cars. Like, they're just a blur. Right. But the noise they make was not what I expected, having not watched F1 before. Um, the, the, the sound of these cars going by, the, there's nothing like it. Absolutely incredible. Very, very cool. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's a cool picture too and I, I, I know that I didn't think I realized they were going to do this, but the properties had to dim some of their lights, and that really made the track ah, glow. That, that makes sense. Uh, yeah. And it, it, like when when they were doing the aerials, like following the cars, it was pitch black on the outside of the track. Like you couldn't see anything else, which I thought was really cool. Hmm. So, I mean, granted, if they're going up and down Las Vegas Boulevard, the other side of the street was completely dark anyway. So, right. you know, that's not surprising. But no, it's a very cool picture. Well, as always, we will link to the photo on our blog, feature it on all our social media outlets such as Flickr, Pinterest, Facebook, and Twitter. Let's get into the news. The news is brought to you by stripwalking.com. For the ultimate customizable POV walking experience in Vegas, check out stripwalking.com. The book, Like an Onion, The Vegas Skim, is the most succinct telling of the mob's time in Vegas that we've ever read. It cuts through all the myths and gives you the details of organized crime's time in the city. It specifically focuses on how the mob stole money before it was reported as earnings to the IRS and how it worked until it didn't anymore. Learn how the mob controlled the entire operation with a single point man whose job it was to make sure that the skim ran as smoothly as possible. This masterpiece is a quick read and very much worth every moment you put into it. Like an Onion, The Vegas Skim is available now on Amazon.com. All right, Mark, tell us a little bit more about the topic of the day, the F1 2023 results. Well, first off, we called it. F1 is not only (laughs) returning to Vegas, they're returning during the same time of year. 
Before the 2023 event was even complete, F1 announced plans for the Las Vegas Grand Prix 2024. It will be November 21st through the 23rd, and you can put deposits down now. I have to say, after getting to watch the event on TV, we really thought it was cool. It was. I'm a lot more interested in it next in, in attending next year. Yeah, but not enough to put a deposit down. We we ain't going to go for that kind of attention. <laughs> no, no, I, I don't. I don't purchase tickets that require installment payments. To plus, to con- considering what we saw with pricing this year, I think now might be a little bit premature to jump in there and Agreed. snag some of those. Agreed. Okay, but now that we have the infrastructure in place and finally had the event, we can look at what worked and what needs to be improved for 2024. But before we do that. Hitting a manhole cover in the road is more common in F1 than people unfamiliar with the sport would like to think. Or maybe not like to think, but would think. Especially on street courses. So let's get that cleared up before it starts getting blown out of proportion. In cute news, a local ambulance chaser filed a class action lawsuit on, quote, on behalf of Thursday's ticket holders. However, in our experience, tickets to autom- automotive sports clearly state they are non-refundable regardless of weather or any unforeseen issues. And that said, the $200 gift voucher that was, was very generous and more than anyone will get if they join this class action lawsuit. <laughs> As Tony always says, the only people who make money in a class action lawsuit are the lawyers. So what are the opportunities? We identified four of them. The first one is set up and tear down. You get two weeks to set up, you get two weeks to tear down. It shouldn't take any more than that. This six to eight week projection shit is excessively intrusive on the city. I heard that um, everything was supposed to be torn down before tomorrow morning. That would be amazing. They wanted everything down before Thanksgiving. See? And and that's completely reasonable. Like... all these projections about, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know what they're, where they're coming up with this number, but how does it grow from two weeks to six to eight to we'll have it done by the end of well, the week? Well, and in all fairness, I could see more setup time being needed because I'm sure people would rather have them double and triple check what they're building to make sure that it doesn't come collapsing down. Versus if you're tearing it down, you're tearing it down, so it shouldn't take as long. Yes, yeah. still two weeks. <laughs> I, I, I think two weeks is generous for, for build. Well, and I, I don't, I think most of that teardown stuff had to do with the fencing and right, the, right. the barricades and that kind of stuff. Um, I think that the Flamingo Temporary Road Bridge is still there. I think there's a couple other things like that that are going to take a little bit longer. Um, I'll be interested to see what the grandstands look like this weekend in front of Bellagio to see how how far those have come down. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I two weeks to tear down seems like more than enough. And if they actually get it done before Thursday, then it's less than a week. Right. So. Right. All right. So I'm the- curious about other cities that actually do Formula One on their streets mm-hmm. and, and what their setup and takedown timelines look like. I think that would give a good metric for, you know, okay, how long should this take? How long, you right. know, how long yeah. should it take to set up? How long should it take to, to tear down? Does anybody know that? <laughs> no. I, I don't know much if, about if anybody I'm just curious. Does, yeah. <laughs> anybody does, they're posing a question. Tweet us or email us. All right, so the next thing I identified is inside the track versus outside. This needs to be better communicated, especially to people unfamiliar with F1. Uh, <laughs> if you're on the inside of the track during F1, bring comfortable shoes and prepare to walk. Transportation is not an option during the event. That said, outside of the track is more is much more accessible to automobiles. Karen went down to the Strip and attended culinary events, both outside and inside the track, and the only traffic issue reported came from the uh, using the temporary overpass. Yeah, there was one other, and actually it ended up being kind of cool, um, 
I was going to Cosmo and I was actually coming up Las Vegas Boulevard, which by the way, the parts of Las Vegas Boulevard that weren't part of the racetrack suck. The, the road is bumpy and horrible and awful. Oh. And it's like, <laughs> and then once you got onto the track portion, you're like, ooh, this is nice. But normally, uh, so I was coming up North Las Vegas Boulevard and usually you could turn left into Cosmopolitan. Well, you couldn't because it was part of the track. So that whole corner, so you had to go up to the next light that's uh, right there by the walkway in between Planet Hollywood and Bellagio and do a U-turn yes. to come back, which was cool because then I was actually driving on the track. Um, I did. I did not attempt to match their speeds. Uh, we, we we took it very slow. Um, but that yeah, I I had no. And, and again, that was during the day. Um, I think we were. It was about noon when we got there. The I had dinner at MGM at five o'clock. That was fine, no problems. And it probably was my own fault um, trying to get to Cromwell earlier in the week. That I was coming from the east side and just said, oh yeah, I'll go over Flamingo, completely forgetting about this temporary bridge thing that they put in place and yeah that was a nightmare but for the most part getting around any place else in the city too was fine so it's just that block for a specific couple of hours you can't get anywhere around it exactly Karen were you ever down there on the day of the race on Saturday I know you were down there for your events no Thursday and Friday no No. I didn't I didn't go down and again I was out of there um because Thursday, well, I was there Thursday dinner, and I probably left about 7.30. But again, that was from MGM. So the rest of the roads right. would have been closed because they, they closed the roads related to the race at 5. And then were, you know started the practice runs and the race and everything else at 10. So I would have, I mean, they, again, I wasn't in the heart of it. So I, I can't really right. speak to so that. So at MGM, you're south, of the, you're south of the actual course, so yep. you're, you're fine. Yeah, it was fine. Okay. All right, so the fourth thing we identified, market recalibration. It's being reported that the 2023 Las Vegas Grand Prix generated 1.2 to 1.7 billion, depending on the source, and 315,000 people attended, making it the seventh most popular race of the season. While multiple reports of casinos being empty during the races, multiple sources also shared that high-limit rooms in high-limit casinos were packed. We'll call it now. 2024 will be even more profitable than this year's event because the market will recalibrate expectations. It's going to adjust the price points and it will attract gamblers from the mid and low tier to fill their casinos. Occupancy will be back up to whatever is normal for that time of year. And then something that isn't being reported on is that F1 never asked for a waiver of the live entertainment tax, a decision that allowed the state to receive millions of dollars in tax revenue. Huh. I did not know that. That's yeah, I thought that was... That's usually why they negotiate with places like this to get yeah. breaks and deals. And by the way, that was the third thing. You said it was the fourth thing, but that was the third thing. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, and I, I will say this. Um, again, because of what I do for work, I can tell you that the casinos were dead. Mm-hmm. Absolutely dead. It was a horrible... I mean, Circus Circus, which was nowhere near, right. had nobody in it. Some of the lowest occupancy rates they've ever had. Wow. Excalibur, same thing. Yep. Um, and everything I saw when we didn't go downtown just said the down, downtown in general was empty, which that's so far right. away from anything that was going on. Well, and I think that's one of the things that I, I was trying to, to comment on about looking at the influencers because everybody was saying, 
stay away. Stay away. And yeah. it's like, no, 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 no. It's not stay away. It's if you don't want to be a part of it, you want to go downtown. You've got tons you of be, options. Yes. Yeah, there's tons of options available. Don't, because of this, this four mile radius or whatever, um, it, it just, it, everybody was too negative about it. I mean, and, and to their point, yes, the high limit rooms were packed. Because uh, that's I, who they were attracting. Right. I mean, that's who paid to come down to this, but it scared everybody else off. Exactly. And Which is why I honestly believe they're going to be able to recalibrate expectations. They're going to have better room rates. They're going to have deals like five, ten times multipliers or whatever. They know what they fucked up on, and now they know how to fix it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and that's that was going to be the, the thing that I was going to bring up is, is the room rates, I think, is what kept people away. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until... You know, a week or so before the event where all of a sudden room rates started to plummet. And, you know, if they if they try to do the same thing again, mm-hmm. they're going to have the, the same result. Right. Mm-hmm. And you're going to have a lot of people waiting around till the last minute to try to jump in on something, expecting that to happen. Mm-hmm. But if they can come in with, you know, mid mid range room prices instead of the higher end, um, I think you'll get a lot more people showing up. Um, and I'm also it- curious in terms of. Sorry, Karen. No, go ahead. Um, I say I'm also curious. How did the servers do? How did the dealers do? And not just the high limit dealers, but the other dealers. Because if we want to consider this a financial success, it's not just the money that it brings into mm-hmm. the corporations, but but how did the average person working at the casino? How did they fare as a result of this? And I think we're going to hear, yeah. you know, as time goes on, I think we're going to hear a spectrum of stories. We're going to hear people who made nothing. Mm-hmm. We're going to hear people who can't believe how how successful the weekend they had. Well, and, you know, one of the funny things that's been going around Twitter is, you know, the the video of the Outback Steakhouse, which is right across the street right. from Mirage, which is inside the inside track. Inside the track. Uh, was dead, empty. Right. Now, number one to consider, the people that were attending F1 do not eat at Outback Steakhouse. They will find one of the higher end steakhouses to go to. And number two, it's inside the track. Right. So you would have had to have people staying inside the track that are out back typical customers and I don't think there were many no so no they all got scared away yeah that's that's the the other part of it um, and to your prior comment about the room rates I think that the especially and this is where Caesars is getting hosed I guess also Venetian and Palazzo but they tend to be higher end anyway right but the most of the Caesars properties were inside the track and right. you know they are not the properties that the typical F1 crowd right. is going to be attracted right. to. And that's that's what right. they need to do is they're in, inside the track is what they, what they need to fix. Caesars especially has got to figure out, okay, how do we draw people in? Now, I think if they can get the the balconies built on Paris before next sure. year, that, that gives them a, a big plus. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if they held some kind of a viewing party on top of Cromwell, but they should have. Uh, you know, I, I think huh. there's there's other things that they could do to take advantage of it. I just, and again, this is the first year. Everybody's learning, right? This is, although Vegas is used to holding big events, this is a little different logistically than anything that we've done before. So, yeah. Right. I mean, it, it is going to be an inconvenience regardless, but it, it can be a much, much less of an inconvenience than it was either made out to be or was actually. Yeah. Something I saw um, that might be a great deal if they continue the pricing next year the high roller happy hour $150 per person during F1 hmm. uh-huh. 
You have to be able to get to it because it's inside the. Track. You got to be able to get to it. Yeah, yeah. you got to be able to get to it, and it's only a half hour, right? right? So, you know, you're not going to see the whole race, but by the end of it, if you're doing the happy hour thing, who cares? Um, and I, I think mean, that's be... probably the best value in yeah. tickets. I know, and you right? Can see all kinds of different angles and stuff, so it could be pretty fun. Yeah, absolutely. And then number four, security. Las Vegas Grand Prix security was caught on social media screaming at people to move along who were trying to watch the race from the pedestrian bridges. It had occurred to me, though, that those are Las Vegans, so I don't know if it's <laughs> F1's fault. Maybe they just hired all the surly uh, in, uh, influencers to, <laughs> to try and stir up shit. <laughs> These were, they were the, the lower-paid security guards that weren't happy about having to try to figure out how to get to work inside the, strip, or inside the right, track anyway. Yeah. So. yeah. But anyways, uh, reports of people uh, watching the race through reflections in buildings causing pedestrian traffic backups clearly shows why F1 needs to have security, but they don't need to scream at people. So th- this one's tough for me because on, on the pedestrian bridges, you don't want the crowds to gather and block the bridges. Right. Because that is the only way that people can get around during the race, right? So I understand, I understand why, well, I kind of understand you know why they blacked them out and put the gates or the fences up and everything else but realistically F1 has got to become more accepting of people figuring out how to view the race on the cheap i mean right. they have got to figure out so like you're saying people that were watching it in reflections from some from some of the windows uh, and they forced them to move along it's like why like what how are they hurting? It's not like if you move these people into a casino, F1's going to get any more money from them. So I get selling your ticket packages. I get trying to control the viewpoints. But at some point, F1 just has to go, okay, we did our best. We're here. The race is happening. See what happens. Right. But, I mean, it, uh, it was unfortunate. It, it, it There was uh, talks of an escalator backup. Because people were fucking too right. paying too much attention to what the they they weren't moving out of the way and so yeah which the fact that number one the escalators were working people should be celebrating but then number two if there's a backup can you imagine trying to you're getting up to the top and there's this mass of people it's like when there's a um, a pileup coming off a ski lift right yeah right only the ski lift can slow itself down and stop right the escalators they just keep on going there's nobody there hitting on a button and so that could have been really bad and really dangerous so i mean people and i would say i know i'm going to say this and it's yeah it's not going to happen because people are people but be aware of your surroundings and other people and how what you're doing impacts them yeah in other words get out of the fucking way yeah right so something i noticed about this was um kind of an inconsistency in what they were doing on the pedestrian bridges Mm -hmm. And, and i caught this you know early in the race there was that crash the guy who was mm-hmm. in, you know, he was out of the race. And and so for those of you who didn't watch the race, the driver was coming. He was headed west on Sands. He's in between Venetian and Wynn, gets turned around basically, and then kind of limps in under the pedestrian bridge. And now he's in between Treasure Island and Fashion So Mall. And went from the overhead shots they showed, it looked like there was no pedestrian control on the sky bridge between Treasure Island and Fashion So Mall. So oh, all these wow. people are standing there. They were able to take pictures of this. And that, to me, would have been a credible spot to watch the race because the cars aren't going under you. You're watching them take that that, that, that great turn there. Yeah. yeah. And so um, it would have been a great spot to watch. But again, that would, if, if the concern is safety, why wasn't that one also right. blocked off? 
Wow. Right. So just something that I caught. It's funny because so I, I must I missed that crash. I did see the one um, where the driver. Maybe it was that. I thought he was in front of Cosmo when they took the turn and then the car just kind of went sliding past the intersection, past the turn. And was that the crash that you're talking yeah. about? Yeah, that's the only one that I saw where oh. somebody crashed and they were out. All right, so I was wrong on the spot. I thought that one was at the turn in front of Cosmo. Mm. Um, but it's a good thing they had the barriers up where they did because that car just would have kept on going. Oh, yeah. And been right through it. Right. He, he would have ended up in, you know, Chinatown. Yeah, over the 15, and there you go. <laughs> um, I do have one other point to talk about that I think needs sure. to be addressed. All right. And that's the time of the races. And the practice rounds yes. and the events. Here's where it gets tricky, right? They said that they did it at 10 p.m. for their European and Asian audiences. Okay, Europeans, that was going to be like 8 in the morning or something. So I don't really know that it was for them. Uh, the Asian you know, fans, maybe. But here's the thing. F1 is already established in those markets. If they're trying to build their brand in the U.S., then they need to do this race during a time when people in the U.S. can watch it. Because even for us on the Pacific Coast, for the race to start at 10, I mean, that's one in the morning on the East Coast. Do you think they're trying right. to grow their audience? Well, then Why else would they keep adding races in the U.S.? Well, because people travel well and spend a lot of money. I, it, it seems to me like they, they should. Like, they need to move the time up. Like I said, it gets dark here. At this time of year, it's dark by 5 p.m., yeah. So do it, do it at 7, right? That'll be 10 o'clock on the East Coast. Yeah. The, the one downside to moving the times, and people are, are not going to be happy when I say this, is if you consider they, cu- they shut down the roads five hours before the event started. So they shut down at 5 p.m. for events that started at 10 p.m. If you move everything up to 7 p.m., now you're shutting down all the roads and everything at 2 which is going to have a much bigger impact, I think, to locals and, and people trying to get in and everything else. So, so that's my only counterbalance to changing the time. But I really feel like, like if something happened on the practice round, right, when the valve cover came up and wrecked the car and then they had to take all this time to fix it, they didn't start racing again until 2.30 in the morning. Well, number one, half the people were sleeping in whatever, you know, box that they were watching the race in or whatever it it just the the timing of it is rough I mean yes Vegas is a 24 hour town but that's a little much so I think they I think they've got to figure out the timing yeah all right so you heard our opinion now it's your turn we'd like to hear from you Uh, what did you think or what do you think F1 needs to improve on in Vegas Uh, if uh it's not going anywhere anytime soon, so we're going to have to make peace with it. <laughs> uh, you can email us at 360VegasPodcast at gmail.com or just DM us uh, or copy us in on social media. All right, Mark, let's talk a little bit about Vegas Starfish. So I'm going to need your help on this because this was, as well as it was written, it, it, it was <laughs> difficult to, to follow at times, or, or I'm, I'm concerned that I may have missed something along the way. Well, I thought sure. we had the lawyer on today. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> Disclaimers and integrity. They go hand-in-hand hand and are necessary whenever a situation could call your credibility into question. A perfect example would be when we first met the strip walking guys. We were already fans of one another, and uh, but when we met, we had the opportunity to learn more about each other, which only made us bigger fans. 
That meeting inspired a new segment on our show. However, we received some unsolicited gifts from the strip rocking guys. Now, it had no influence on the piece that I wrote. However, we felt it was important to disclose those gifts, giving people the opportunity to weigh that piece of information against our opinion to better develop their own individual feelings. So we just felt like it was the right thing to do. But this week, we learned we are legally required to do it as a part of the (laughs) FTC Act. It's a good thing we have morals. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Specifically, the provision regarding closures, disclosures for social media influencers. In fact, we can be fined in excess of 50 grand per incident that we don't. This is particularly important when you do business, when you have a business agreement with the subject or uh, of your endorsement. The provision specifically states that, quote, if you endorse a product through social media, your endorsement message should make it obvious when you have a relationship with the brand, unquote. This legislation was enacted to combat exactly what Vegas Starfish is doing. Vegas Starfish has a business friendship relationship with a company called Lip Smacking Good Food Tours. Isn't it something else, too? No, it's Lip Smacking Foodie Tours and Finger Licking Foodie Tours. All right. Thank you. So one of them, the Lip Smacking is, um, has a guide and a host that moves you through, and the Finger Licking is a self-guided. Okay. Like, you still pay, and the restaurants know you're coming, but, you know, you just go in and get your stuff, and you don't hear the spiel about the restaurant and the food and blah, blah, okay. blah. Okay. All right, well, this week, thanks to some sleuthing from friends of the show, John Mahaffey, at our AKA Vegas Advantage, and Adam Bauer, AKA Travel Fanboy, it was discovered that her personal account has been posting identical posts to those shared by both of those companies. <laughs> the the lip smacking and, and finger licking. There you yeah. go, on their social media feed. See what we just did there? We disclosed that we are friendly with John and Adam. <laughs> <laughs> Well, sometimes. Right. It's, they don't need to know the details. Just we're friendly with them. <laughs> These copy and paste posts promoting lip smacking tours or fruity tours, whatever the hell it was, uh, do not disclaim a relationship between the two. Disclose. Oh, thank you. This should not only call her integrity into question, it should cause you to put an asterisk next to everything she recommends on social media. Because it isn't an unbiased opinion you're being given. It's a commercial disguised as an opinion. Now, when confronted, she admits the relationship, but that isn't how she's required to disclose that information. Each time she recommends something, she has to disclose that it has, quote, any financial employment, any financial employment, personal, or family relationship with a brand. Quote, telling your followers about these kinds of relationships is important because it helps keep your recommendations honest and truthful and it allows people to weigh the value of your endorsements, unquote. It goes on to quote, as an influencer, it is your responsibility to make these disclosures. Now, for those of you interested in more on this subject and to prevent us from quoting any more of the regulation, we are linking to the social media influencer section of the FTC Act. All you need to know is that you should be wary of any recommendation received from Vegas Starfish. Several people have tried to inform her about this requirement to disclose, but she just blocks them and anyone who brings it up, or she, she ends up blocking them, only further implying that she, at some level, knows what she's doing is wrong. Did I miss anything? I don't you think You got so. the facts. I'll yeah. say that. Yeah. Good. Uh, and this is... 
This is tough because she's only. I know she's got a huge following. I think TikTok, TikTok is her biggest, and, and, and uh, but also on Instagram. Instagram. And she's just yeah. gotten onto Twitter recently, and that's where I've seen her. And she did a great job covering information about the strikes um, and the negotiations and all that kind of stuff with the, the culinary union. So that's how I, I saw her and, and started following her. Really, I ended up finding her with the um, uh, the the MGM. Uh, uh, Hacking. Oh, that's what it was. You're okay. right. I'm okay. sorry. Yes. No, no, no. That's what it was. Yeah. She did cover stuff on the strikes later, but no, that was the first time it was on the hack. So, you know, I think she's got a different perspective than a lot of other people I've seen on Twitter. So that was kind of why I liked it. But then when this came up, she immediately got defensive. And I think Adam, you know, Adam was the first one that brought it up to her, tagged her in. So it's not like he's talking behind her, right. about her behind her back. Right. And, you know, what she came back and she's like, what are you talking about? And then it was John, I think, that jumped in and sent her the FTC actual language. Right. And she got pissed off and blocked them both. Right. And I'm just like, okay, they're trying to help you. Right. right. And, and I don't know. So, again, if you look at the, and again, Adam did it. He did the, the work. If you look at the, the foodie tours and her post, they're identical. Absolutely. Like word identical. for word. They have copy different pictures. It was copy and paste. Now, what we don't know is, did she post it first? And because she's good friends with lip smacking, she let them take it? Or did she, you know, take it from them? Did she write it for them and then put it up? We don't know because she hasn't disclosed anything other than she's friendly with them and has had a long standing relationship. So this whole thing to me is just disappointing. I don't know yeah. why it's so difficult to just say, Hey, in my post, you know, yes, I love this place, but I, I'm also, I love it because I've been working with them for so long yeah. and I've been on several of their tours and that's all you have to say. Right. It's not, you know, you don't have to say, well, they paid me X amount of dollars to do this or what. You don't have to get that detailed. Right. And I guess it's, it's just disappointing that, and it, um, we can talk about it in a minute. I want to get Josh's thoughts on this, but it sounds like this is happening more and more with, uh, especially Vegas vloggers. Influencers, yeah, influencers. Yes. But um, Josh, your thoughts on this one before we jump into that? So I agree with everything you said. Like, it's not difficult to disclose. Hey, there is there's a relationship here. Um, and, and now, you know, to Mark's point earlier, everything she says is tainted. Like, you just can't you can't trust someone like that. And because she got defensive, mm-hmm. yeah. rather than rather than, oh my gosh, I will make sure that I do this from now on. You're so right. right. And you know there's not going to be you know, a, a course change going forward right. with her. Um, there's been some other stuff that's been pointed out. You know, you mentioned the vloggers. Um, yeah. I, I won't mention the vlogger here, but there was a vlogger who Adam found at, like right at the same time mm-hmm. who was comped rooms at the win, comped a room at the win. During F1. During F1, yep. and then did a room review and only mentioned it in the comments of the video. And as vloggers gain more influence, and there's a whole lot out there who do room reviews, they're going to be invited by by properties to stay there yep. for free. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. I mean, ride that wave, enjoy it, right? Right. But just say so. Hey, we were invited to stay here. And so we'd like to show you, you know, the, the room that they offered us. Right. Yeah. It's not hard. No. No. No, and I don't know if they're trying to, 
because it does, it, it puts an asterisk, especially if they give their opinion on, you know, the room and it's positive. It sort yeah. of puts a little asterisk there. Right. And I think that's why they don't want to do it. Now, the flip side of that is, because we, we haven't gotten much of anything comped. We did, the one that sticks in my head is way back when we were comp tickets to go see Jabberwockies. Right. And we very much up front said, hey, these were comped. And we told the person that gave us the tickets, this isn't guaranteeing we're going to say anything positive about the show. Just, just, right. just so you know. And we didn't. Our review was kind of mixed. I mean, yeah. it wasn't bad, but it was, but we were, we were upfront about it. We were honest. And maybe that's why we don't get comp stuff anymore. Say, um, now you know why you've never gotten one since. <laughs> but it's just, I mean, for us, it just feels like it's the right thing to do. And yeah. that's why oh, I have. Well, I mean, that's how you get integrity is, it, you know, it's, it's, I, I'm not going to automatically dis, you know, not believe you if you tell me, you know, well, they, they gave me this room, but if you don't, now your credibility is... It's almost like you have to keep up with it because if you don't, it just it only takes one to go, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. What, right. are, you, what are you writing? Well, and I think the, the last kind of part of this is I don't think anybody... Because technically, Vegas Starfish could be reported to the FTC yeah, and could potentially be you know exposed to these $50,000 fine per incident. Right. And there's been a lot of them. However, I don't... As far as I know, nobody's actually done that. And I, I think that there's a reason. Behind, number one, I don't think the FTC would actually fine her. I think it would be a, no, hey, don't do a, that anymore. It'd be a cease and desist. Right. Is what it would be. right. Um, and I also think that it's as frustrated as, as people have gotten about the lack of disclosure. At the end of the day, I don't think they want anything necessarily bad to happen to her. Yeah. They just, hey, just disclose it. That's all it is. Now, the flip side of that, I will say... And, and this is friend of the show. Again, he's a friend. He's a personal friend. We have no financial endorsement with him, but he's a personal friend. Um, Vital Vegas, who has all these people that just are convinced he's a shill and he's getting paid by all these properties. Okay, if that's the case, report him to the FTC. Let them go after. If he's doing it half as much as you people say he is, right, so report I'd him. just like to officially say from the 360 Vegas podcast that we are not advocating that you report Vital Vegas. <laughs> well, they're not going to find anything. It doesn't matter. I hear you, but fuck me. That's a, that's, that's a, uh, you just kind of chopped away at the guy there for a second. No, I, it's, well, it's these asshole people that are always accusing him of this shit. They have no proof. And because they have no that's proof. That's it right there. Yeah, they have no yeah. proof. They're just going to keep running their mouths and creating fake accounts and everything else. Now maybe they're going to come after us because I just said this and defended him. But it, it's one of those things. If he really had that relationship and, and is adamantly denying it, like he has been. He is a polarizing guy. I don't know how many times people will feel it's important to share their opinion about Vital Vegas to me. I know. <laughs> I'm like, are you, are you trying to sway me? I don't understand what, what's happening here. Well, and when the stuff with Vegas Starfish was was kind of blowing up over the last week, and on you know, in replies to Adam's post about this, people are saying, "Well, Vital Vegas does it, and he does it worse." And blah blah. blah. And okay, that's fine. Bring the receipts, right? Because that's what Adam did here. Mm-hmm. Is he showed, you know, pure evidence, and then <laughs> tagging Vegas Starfish in where she basically came in and admitted it, and she said, "Oh, oh, I've never hit it." Well, okay, well, you never disclosed it, right? right. There was proof there. Yeah. And and so, you know, okay, maybe Vital Vegas is doing this. Bring the receipts before yeah. <laughs> you start, you know, crucifying everyone. Right. Instead of just making up bullshit. Right. Right. 
All right. Well, let's move on from this subject. Let's talk a little bit about pedestrian traffic. Clark County is considering an ordinance that would prohibit people from lingering around what are being called pedestrian flow zones. (laughs) While it could be enforced to anyone who stops to take a picture, its intent is to make it illegal for people to linger in these high traffic areas, including pedestrian bridges, escalators and stairs, etc. People like those that will attempt to sell you their CD, uh, want to take a picture with you, and other bottleneck creators in heavy traffic zones is what they're going for. The ACLU is arguing that this violates the First Amendment. The public hearing will be held on December 5th. I, I'm telling you, it's F1 influenced. I, I think that's part of it. But I also think of that um, the intersection between Flamingo and Link right on Las Vegas Boulevard. Oh, that's a bottleneck. That, that yeah. goes to, it is. And the reason it's a bottleneck is because you will have a pair of showgirls, you'll have a pair of the Chippendale wannabe guys and somebody else in that very small area. Somebody and then in, in a people are outfit. taking pictures and, you know, going back however far, which then you don't want to cross in front and stuff. So there's aspects of this that I really like. Like, I like what Fremont did with the busker circles. Yeah. Now, right. I think... I, I think it's gone a little haywire with what's considered a quote-unquote busker. <laughs> right. But I like what they did with that. It's like, all right, if this is what you're going to do, here's your spot. Right. So I don't know that you'd ever get all of the properties on the strip to agree to work together and figure that out, like the Fremont Street experience did. Yeah. But I, I don't have an issue with this, and I don't think it's targeted at people that stop on a bridge to take a picture of, you know, the Las right. Vegas Boulevard in the background. And I think that needs to, <laughs> like it wasn't in F1 security's situation, I think that needs to be clearly communicated. It's like, you know, somebody's grabbing a video or something, like, it's, they're on their vacation, don't make the, like, it's bad enough, depending on the casino you go into, they will jump right on you for attempting to take a picture. Please don't do this to them in public. Right. right. Let them take pictures of the goddamn buildings, all right? They're beautiful. Agree, agree. Well, let's get into prop bets. For those of you unfamiliar, prop bets is an extension of the news, but with just bits and pieces of noteworthy items. Prop bets is brought to you by Vegas Near Me. If it's fun to do or see, it's on Vegas Near Me. Available free on Android and iPhone platforms. LasVegasPins.com is another one of those brilliant ideas that you'll find yourself surprised wasn't already a thing in the market. Well, it is now. Thanks to LasVegasPins.com, we now have Disney-quality collectible enamel pins featuring iconic Vegas. The ever-expanding collection includes pins of Vegas Vic with a moving arm, Vegas Vicky with a kicking leg, the Tangiers, Fremont, Excalibur, Sands, and of course, the Welcome to Fabulous Las Vegas sign. These are just some of the options available, starting as low as $8 a piece. 360 Vegas listeners can drop that price another 15 to 20%. New customers can use the promo code 360 to save one time 20%, and returning customers can use 360 Vegas for 15% off. Just go to lasvegaspins.com or go to our blog, 360vegaspodcast.com, and click on the banner ad for lasvegaspins.com. Vital Vegas is reporting that Bourbon Parade has closed at the Grand Bazaar at Horseshoe in the space formerly home to Starbucks. No word on why they only lasted a month or what will replace it. That's sad. I I, wanted to check it out. I didn't even know it was there. Yeah, they just opened it. It's only like a month and two days old. Wow, that's sad. It is. After 10 years of optimism with little to no progress, 
the AllNet Arena project was denied an extension on their building permits, essentially ending the project. I, and it was a unanimous vote by the city council. I know. It, it was that kinda, makes me happy. It was. It's kind of like, they, I felt like they were annoyed when they were voting. <laughs> oh, they were. You listen to some of the comments on it. Yeah. And I, I guess they do have like five days from the vote or a week, to I guess. To or something? To, well, to, no, show proof of funding. Oh. Like Which if they, they could, did. They were supposed to last time. That's the problem. Yeah, but they didn't. They said they had it and they right. had a guy there, but they didn't actually have it. So I don't know what proof of funding they could possibly get. But it's about time this thing is just dead. The whole thing yeah. is yeah. a crazy pipe dream. Yeah. Sorry, Jackie. <laughs> <laughs> this week, Container Park, located on Fremont East, celebrates its 10th anniversary in existence. To celebrate, they are offering 10-plus hours of live music and entertainment, 10% off uh, every business in the park, and $10 drinks at Oak and Ivy, Ben 702, and the Downtown Terrace. Ooh. Nice. If you haven't been to, to Container Park, you should check it out. It's pretty cool. We have no relationship also, with them. <laughs> I will add here that um, if you have children, like that is one of the yeah. oh, shit, children in Vegas that. places. Like yeah. during they have the day, the, an awesome. Yeah, during the day, yeah. they have an awesome play structure in the middle, mm-hmm. and they have some great munchy places that have you know patios that face this play structure. You know, Oak and Ivy, grab yourself a drink. Bin Seven O Two. Um, I, last time we were there in spring, got an awesome charcuterie board. Yes. And, you, know, you can glance over and make sure the kids are still alive. And, and, actually, <laughs> and then have feel, your alcohol and food. <laughs> yeah, I feel like a grown-up still. But right. with them, and, and they're having a blast. They love it. That My kids still ask, can we go back to that place? That's cool. Oh, yeah, we can. <laughs> <laughs> Mommy and Daddy and the kids all like the same spot, which is unusual in Vegas. So that's a good yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right. Once again, Plaza has turned the sand dollar into a holiday tiki bar now until December 31st. I didn't know they did it last year. I'm, I'm mildly interested. Yeah, I think I remember hearing about it. I'm, I'm hoping they, they've got some uh, seasonal cocktails. That's, that's oh, they really do. my interest, do they? But they're like, they're tiki cocktails, though, because they turned it into a holiday see, tiki bar. And I, I want, I, I want the, the shit that they make at Cosmos Pool. That's that's what I'm talking about. Oh, those cocktails. When does that open up? I think it did. Oh, or, did it? Or if it isn't. It's, it's got to be this weekend. It's like next week or something. The ice skating rink and the... Whatever else that's up on Cosmo. Oh, that'd be fun. Garth Brooks announced that he was adding 18 shows to his residency at Caesars Palace. These shows will be performed on select dates starting September through December of 2024. Which means Tony now has more opportunities to go see <laughs> Right. <laughs> <laughs> and lastly, it was reported this week that OPM or Opium at Cosmopolitan brought to you by the Spiegel Group, is closing at the end of 2023. Tickets are on sale now for the final performances. No word what will replace it. This seems sudden to me. Yeah. yeah but isn't Spiegel... Haven't they done this before? I swear Cosmo had a Cirque show before that just disappeared in a heartbeat. It's, it's not a Cirque yes. show. So, um, so, so for the listeners, a little man behind the curtain here. So we all saw Opium back at the end of July and have not rushed to put a review. We, we will now. Um, and in my research for this, um, I, I learned that there was Vegas Nocturne in, the, um, in, in kind of the same space, but that was only there like six months. Uh, um, that's and, right. Okay. And so that was something that Spiegel World did in that, in that area. But yeah, and, you're right, Care. This is kind of out of nowhere. And was, not that really when, sure. was that when the restaurant was still Rose Rabbit Lie? Yes. Okay. So once yes. Rose Rabbit Lie closed, that's when they sort of revamped the whole space and did Super Frico and Opium. Sort of. I think that 
opium opened before Rose Rabbit Lie closed. Okay. And then Rose Rabbit Lie cl- closed, and then it was, let's do Super Freako here. So it was kind of a trading off different sides of the space. Got it. Mm-hmm. Just st- what they were doing. I missed Rose Rabbit Lie. That was a fantastic restaurant. Didn't oh. you say it was too loud, though? It was loud, but only when the performers came out for their little stint. So, like, you could you could talk to each other, and then oh, every yeah, 15 minutes, yeah. you know, the, the performers would come out and walk around and do their little thing and then go away, and then you could talk again for a little bit. But the food was fantastic. Gotcha. Oh, it was so good. Well, that's it for news and prop bets. Let's check the river. Like the five communal cards you get in a game of Texas Hold'em, the river can have anything turn up. So is our river segment. What makes Vegas near me so special? It's the most complete and accurate source for fun things to do and see in and around Las Vegas, organized with over 17,000 businesses, organized in a unique visual category system with over 300 categories, far more complete and accurate than Google, Yelp, or in many cases, the business's own websites. It has over 55,000 time-stamped and curated YouTube and podcast links so you can listen to and watch real-life experiences to learn about and choose fun things to do and see. Lastly, detailed place maps of all major Las Vegas resorts and other large places like shopping entertainment centers to show both the location of the business you're looking for and your location if you're nearby. In addition, the locations of nearby restrooms, parking, Taxi, valet, and ride-sharing pickup areas can also be displayed. Vegas Near Me is now available as a free app on both the Apple Apps and Google Play stores. If it's fun to do or see, it's on Vegas Near Me. This week we have uh, some listener feedback. First, we have a PayPal donation from Allison McClure. Yes, Allison writes, Karma donation for our second honeymoon attempt this year. She was sick on the first one in April. The 19th to the 24th of November and hoping the F1 crowd is gone. Well, Allison, we're pulling for you. And they're pretty much gone. So yeah, I they think are pretty okay. much gone. You're, yeah. <laughs> well, again, happy uh, belated congratulations. Yes. Um, hope she's not sick this time and hope you enjoy your honeymoon attempt. And feel free to drop us a line. Yes, that too. Actually, they're here right now, so I don't, they're not going to hear this in time. <laughs> Probably not. I've learned that people don't listen once they're in town. I don't know why that is. It's why we don't record live. Like <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> and then we have an email from good friend of the show, Hollywood31, also known as Vince and Don. All right, Vince and Don write, Greetings and good tidings to the Holy Trinity of 360 Vegas. Nice. I like that title. Right? The Holy Trinity. That's a good one. I'll take it. I must be the Joseph Smith of 360 Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's perfect. Show title, Mark. I'm Make working a note. on it right now. <laughs> Holy Trinity plus Joseph Smith. <laughs> that's good. Oh, Josh, that's why I love you. Here's I'm sorry to um, all our Mormon listeners. <laughs> Oh, but hey, they have a great the Catholics are going to be mad because we're making fun of the Holy Trinity. Who cares? <laughs> the Mor- and the Mormons don't get mad. They're like, oh, that's not nice. Oh, bless your heart. Yes. <laughs> Here's a quick trip report from our last trip that just ended before F1 started. We were disappointed that we did not have a chance to meet up with you two on this trip. 
The trip originally was for our nephew's 21st birthday, but he got himself a real job and had no vacation to burn. (laughs) So I love that they continued to go on the trip despite the fact that they Oh, dude, that sucks that you can't come. We'll see you. We'll send you pictures. (laughs) So off we go. And, And we're sorry that we didn't get a chance to meet up to last weekend was a little nutty. Um, but it sounds like I, I'm looking forward to reading and I'm assuming you had a fantastic time. All right. So then they write, so off we go. We arrived on Wednesday, which happened to coincide with our 15th wedding anniversary. Nice. Congratulations. Anniversary. Yes. We used earth limos for our transportation to and from the airport. Second time using them and they are great. They do a fantastic job of communicating throughout the day. Isn't that the one that we used to use and then... After they sent we had, us the we had wrong a falling bus. out, and then and then we had a repaired relationship just when we stopped using limos. Right. <laughs> got to the Mirage in time, and and got to the Mirage in no time, and checked in. This is where the disaster began. Uh oh. We have been staying at the Mirage for eighteen years, and this was the worst experience. Oh yeah, I I I don't want to discourage people from going to it, but I think it's sad right now. Still not sold on Hard Rock as the ruiners of all things Mirage. (laughs) At the front desk, I provided a $50 sandwich and asked for a room close to our friends who checked in alongside us. We were told the fourth floor would be our only option. Mysteriously, the 14th floor became an option and we agreed to take them there. (laughs) I also asked for a fridge for some medication, but not the tiny ones. I needed to put some bottles of water in it and that tiny fridge would not suffice. $35 $35 a day was a charge for a fucking mini fridge oh my God. for medical needs. Wow. MGM never did that to us. Eesh. But was it really for medical needs or was it really because you wanted to put bottled waters in there? <laughs> Sorry, bottles as a, of water. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it dehydrates quickly. Yeah, and it's, it's medical. You can't, you can't dehydrate in the desert. It's dangerous. That's right. That's right. We took the elevator, which was in such disrepair, up to our rooms... They put us at complete opposite ends of the wings. <laughs> Same floor. Yeah. You're at both corners. Yeah. Nice to know the $50 was worth all the mileage, right? huh? Right? Wow. We got into our room and checked for bed bugs. You have to now, right? <laughs> yeah. All was good, and we unpacked. The safe was not working, so we called the front desk. Fast forward six hours later and three trips to the front desk, and we were finally able to convince the manager, who did not want to be bothered, to move us to a new room. Oh, Jesus, Mirage. Right as we were packing up, the mini fridge was finally delivered. I rolled that bitch all the way down to the new room. (laughs) (laughs) Want to guess where the new room was? Go ahead, Tony. Karen will wait. (laughs) Not sure that I get that, but okay. We're going to wait a while for Tony guessing. Yeah. Right. Josh, do you have a guess? Right next to I'm, his friends. I've read ahead, so I'm not going <laughs> to okay. guess. That would not be fair. <laughs> if you guess directly across the hall from our friend's room, you win your choice of a rice aroni or a can of Dinty Moore stew. Mm. Sheesh, the customer service sucked. They couldn't be bothered and sure offered nothing to help without our coaxing. We had to call down for housekeeping one day because they never made it up to our room, and the power in the bathroom of our friend's room was out for half a day before it was fixed. It's clear that MGM did nothing to the Mirage once they knew they were dumping it, and Hard Rock isn't doing anything until they start the bigger remodeling project. Yeah, yeah. We ate at a few different places during the trip. Among the first time places we ate were Andiamo and Amalfi. Nice. nice. Both Good of choices. which were excellent. I was going to say, you, you hit two first-timers right out of the park there. Absolutely. I had the chef make some linguine with red clam sauce at Andiamo. It was superb. 
fresh pasta and clams. Great vibe there, too. Agreed. Amalfi was interesting. I don't eat fish. In fact, no one in our group does. <laughs> However, you guys talked up this place, shameless plug, listen to 360 Vegas Nosh, Amalfi episode on September 13th. <laughs> So much that I wanted to try it. This guy's applying for a job. <laughs> and I talked everyone into going. The fact that no one in the That's group ate fish. That's some impressive talking people into shit. Yeah. I, I was going to say, because most of what we raved about was the fish. Yeah. Excuse me. Sorry, there's bubbles in my, my cocktail, so that explains that. <laughs> um, yeah, that, it, I, I'm just, I'm impressed. And I, I give them credit for trying new things. Are you in sales, Vince? <laughs> <laughs> After trying to get the waiter to help me, I went to the fishmonger and discussed my trepidation. After much, much consternation, I decided to go with a red snapper. Holy smokes, it was delicious. I had the three sauces on the side and ended up eating most of it without using any of them. I know, right? Oh my God, that place is so good. I was partial to the, oh, geez, Arabita one and the lemon caper. That is Arabita? Arabiata? Arabiata? I don't know. Uh, I did start the meal with the Angolati. This meal was tremendous, and I highly support your recommendations to go eat there. I haven't tried any of their pasta yet, and I know it's technically an Italian restaurant. Yeah. But by the time we get the fish, I'm usually full. And I do love a good Angolati, so we might have to look at that one. Uh, Everyone else ended up eating again later, since the pasta dishes were smaller and not intended to be main dishes. (laughs) I thoroughly enjoyed this restaurant. Oh, so nobody got the fish. Like, he was the only one that was waiting well, no, no, no. to get a fish? Yeah, yeah, he's the only one. Nobody else did. That's funny. Mm-hmm. Josh, you, you guys haven't been there yet, have you? No. Oh, no. you got to put that on your date night list. Okay. Uh, gambling sucked. Not one person in our group won anything from Wednesday to Sunday. Oof. We did visit Resorts World for the first time, and I enjoyed gambling there for a bit. In the high-limit slot room, I wanted to play a game, and the attendant told me that particular game was locked. About five minutes later, security escorted two guys out to sit at those machines. I saw one with a $200,000 credit, and the other one hit a $75,000 bonus payout. (laughs) Crazy to see. They acted as though it was a a win for five bucks. Oh, my God. (laughs) I went $100. Yes. Yes. I I mean, to walk in with a $200,000 credit for a slot machine... And to have them reserve a slot machine for you? <laughs> I wonder, does it have all the zeros on the ticket in, ticket out? <laughs> <laughs> or does it just throw the K on it? <laughs> Walking around the strip seemed safer due to F1 cleaning up the course. We even walked from Results World to the Mirage without issue. Resorts World? Yeah. You said Results World. I meant Resorts. <laughs> I'll call it Results World if I win there. There you right. go. It's very clear to me that since the casino companies no longer own the buildings, there is no upkeep or pride in making them look great. Elevators with missing buttons, dirty slot machines with cigarette ashes all over them, doors that don't work, standard building maintenance, broken digital signs, the Mirage one on one side and the TI one not showing animations in the letters, all seem to be the new norm. Yes, it is sad. Sad. (laughs) You you read ahead. No, I didn't. Take a I look. Just felt it. Take a look around the next time you are out on an FHE run. I have to check that out. That's so disappointing. It will be quite some time before we, we return to Vegas. Mm. Between the crappy gambling and losing our home base of the Mirage, we will have to find a new place to stay. Circa may be an option as well as win, 
We do like the mid-strip proximity of wind, but Circa is growing on us. I love Circa. Again, sorry we missed you guys this trip. Next one, we will plan better. At Hollywood 31, thanks, Vince and Dawn. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for writing that in. That was a great review. Yeah, and I do wish I, I do wish people would give us a heads up in advance when they're going to be in town. We literally put that, you on our calendar. It, it makes it a lot easier yeah. for us um, versus the sporadic, hey, we're here. And then it's kind of like, oh, crap. We already have plans for the day. That wasn't, for the record, that wasn't the case in Hollywood 31's uh, situation. We just... We had plans that didn't didn't match up or had to be amended, and uh, yeah, he he did give us a heads up early. I just want to make that mm-hmm. clear. <laughs> and and I do have to apologize to Priority Tech, uh, who is a good friend of ours. He was in town this weekend. He was staying at Red Rock, and he gave me an update at a, or a heads up beforehand. And we never made it over there, and that's totally my fault. And I'm so sorry. I hope you and your wife had fantastic birthdays because I know yours are either the same day or really close to each other. So again, I apologize for that. Happy belated birthday. Oh, and to finish it off, December 2nd is when uh, when they, the ice rink opens at, at Cosmopolitan. So next weekend, yeah, nice. not this weekend. Okay. Yep. Well, I think that's going to do it for episode 464. Thank you all for listening and downloading. We really do appreciate it. If you'd like to check out any of the stories on the show, you can do so on the blog at 360vegaspodcast.com. You can get premium and exclusive content when you subscribe to our show at patreon.com slash 360vegas and get 360vegas shirts, mugs, and anything else we can slap a logo on at zazzle.com slash 360vegas. If you'd like to send in some feedback like Vince and Don or Allison, you can do so at 360vegaspodcast at gmail.com. Josh, where can folks find you? I am at Vegas J-Dubs. Karen. I am at 360 Vegas Karen. He just told you where you can find me, so until next time. Yeah.